0: to another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org.
1: I wanted to start tonight by actually showing a video that uh, is from... Uh, the journey of our central building in New Zealand and uh, if you don't realise we are one of four campuses and our other three campuses are in New Zealand, we're the one international campus at the moment and our central campus uh, we have had for 24 year, 20, so 26, 27 years now. But it's been going for 27 years and, uh, and we've had our, um, our facility there for the past 17 years and we were just getting to the stage where we were outgrowing it. It was a seating capacity of a thousand people and it was an old building, it was run down and God for the past six years has just been taking us on this faith journey to launch into a new central building and we just last weekend uh, stepped into that new building which is an absolute God miracle, seats 1,900 people, is state-of-the-art facility in New Zealand, top of the line in every single area and God has just opened up the doors miraculously in an amazing way. So I wanted to show show the journey of what that has been and how God has just unraveled the different pieces and just truly shown his hand in this. So why don't we look to the screens and just watch the journey of this central build.
2: It was late 2012. We just in the mail got a notice compulsory acquisition by Auckland Transport to create the central rail loop, we need your property. Straight away that thought of, wow, wow, but wow, this
3: could be amazing. Uh, Could this be the plan?
0: I remember exactly what was going on in my mind. I was thinking, woohoo, we're getting out of this building. But no, seriously, the building was old and not just old, but we've outgrown it.
2: 18th of December 2012, that actually was our very first meeting with Auckland Transport to actually dialogue with them about what is this notice and what does it mean and, you know, what are you going to give us? And that meeting was um, actually turned out to be quite disappointing. Basically just said, we'll agree on what the market value is and write you out a cheque and we'll take your property. Thanks very much. We walked out of that saying, well, no way. There's no way we were going to agree to that. We, we number one, we need, you know, just finding a replacement property in Central Auckland. How hard is that going to be? Number number two, um, you know, the cost to not only find a replacement property but then to adapt it and renovate it and or we'll, we'll build from scratch something that we need. Number three, we actually. We need something a whole lot bigger than what we what we've currently got. So it's, it's going to take a whole lot of finance. So we're not going to accept a check uh, you know, for the market value. And and that started a whole three-year negotiation process with Auckland Transport.
0: It's hard when things don't happen straight away, when you want them to happen. You know, that's with anything in life. But... But in terms of the building, I was, was like, okay, God, we trust you and we need you. This is this has to be you.
3: You had your ups and downs all the time because kind of you'd hear one thing one day and you think, oh, we could get reinstatement. Uh, then you would have the opposite and it's like, well, there is no way that's gonna happen. And then we're going, well, how will we ever step into the new level that we're believing for? And you had to guard your spirit of going, well, is this man-made or is this a God opportunity? Did. Did God ultimately see
2: uh, what we needed? And you had to keep coming back to that. Through the negotiation period, Auckland Transport sort of came on board and said, hey, and eventually decided, hey, we'll help you look for some possible sites. And then um, May 2014, all of a sudden out of the blue, the big site was up for tender. I called Paul and said, the site's
4: coming to market. This is the one we want. I don't know if you can get your skates on in time but this is the one we want so if you took out an aerial map of Auckland it was the only place we should have been
2: going so we organized a visit pastor Paul and I started walking through it and straight away all of those kind of development potential juices started
3: running Uh, maybe we could lift that maybe we could use some of that and then we could develop that but even though there was nothing natural you could go to the bank on so I think we went through the tender process, we felt like we pitched it at a fair and above fair, uh, only to discover at that point that uh, Auckland Grammar, which is above that
2: site, looking for land, had won the tender. You go from a high of, we found something and it's for sale, to how did that happen? Why did someone else take it out from under our feet? I often think it's like Peter, it's like, well, he sang but God was there.
3: And it was going, kind of, this has to be God now because even with all of our energy, expertise,
2: uh, this has to be more than us. A couple of months went by, then out of the blue, uh, one night Josh rang me and said, hey I think, I think um, Auckland Grammar aren't going to make it, I don't think they're going to go unconditional in time. And the advice I gave Paul at the time of Fire Recall correctly, was get yourself in a position, be ready be able to move swiftly. So I was actually overseas, working around the clock, visiting churches by day, and at night, on the phone, lawyers, bankers, and agents trying to trying to get this deal together, which just somehow, the grace of God, we managed to convince B to take us on, and we got the deal done. I've been in the commercial property industry for 16 years. Um,
4: I never come across the kind of miracles from a
2: transactional basis that I have had in doing property with life. The next sort of miracle was they were actually looking at the site right next door, owned by council, to use as a land swap with us. All of a sudden it started to dawn on us, hey, this could be incredible. If we could get both sides, this would set us up for for generations. The likelihood
4: of being able to find two large, flat sites side-by-side that can be
2: joined. Uh, Nearly impossible. Since mid-2015, we've been working with council for a pre-submission meeting as part of the mediation,
5: drawing up plans. So you submit what your proposal is to council. They will spend a period of time, two, three, four weeks, putting it through all of the various areas within their, all their departments, traffic, urban design, uh, effects and all that kind of stuff, then you'll go and have a pre-app meeting with them, to which you could probably say the feedback was um, quite overwhelmingly not supportive of what
2: was proposed. They said, not on our watch. Are you building a church this close to the CBD? not going to happen.
5: I think uh, in their view the land should have been utilised and maximised for apartments. Straight away we had some strategy meetings where we all got in around the table and just tried to find an avenue through the process for how we could get the outcome that was required and to be honest a lot of it was probably driven by the board and Pastor Paul Marie. Four years into
2: the journey uh, we really we'd, we'd resolved the negotiation with Auckland Transport come out with an amazing result where we effectively we swapped our Mount Eden site for land two sites three times the size in Normanby Road. So we were in a, we were in a great space and we were I think it was late 2016 we were just trying to just trying to lock the, the bank down on exactly how much will you lend us to do this build and then uh, one Friday I remember it very vividly our account manager came in and he just sort of looked a bit um, a little bit sheepish and um, you know, he was he was coming in to tell us exactly what's the amount they could lend us and he sat down and he said uh, basically the bank doesn't support this project and and uh, I just couldn't believe it. It was like I'd been punched in the gut, so I was speechless. I just couldn't. So, no, there must be an amount. You may not be the full amount that we, no. The answer was, we're out. What's gonna happen now? We're over the line. But
3: I'll never forget for myself, Uh, being reminded of David McCracken's prophecy that I think it was in 2014 where he actually said that we would live on the creative edge of faith and uh, that it was the scary part of faith. And definitely there were those moments where those prophetic words just kicked in. God's opened this door. So if this bank says no, and it would seem like there's no other bank that's going to do it, there is an answer. So we've got to keep walking
2: and knock on every door. It was really through the relationships, the purchase of Manukau and the and the, the Build for Life South that um, we struck up a great relationship with James Palmer and Christian Savings. And they came fully to the party and said we're 100% and we managed to get Z to come on board.
0: Prayer changes the spiritual climate of things that we don't see. Jesus said to the disciples, there are some things that just take prayer and fasting. You you can't do this in your own strength. You can't work this out. You can't, you know, use your skills. It's, it's going to take more.
5: You know, there are a number of times that we were in the offices till 4 or 5 a.m. reprinting two and a half, three thousand 3,000 pages of documents just to get it in. We had to because we needed to start on site. But uh, to see that turn around, and I still can't,
3: tell you how it happened, but for the council at the end to allow a non-notified resource
5: consent, uh, it, it's nothing short of miraculous. How do you get two sites next door to each other in Auckland City, such prime land, how do you get them together?
4: It's across the road from a large vacant office building that has 750 car parks available to us on Sunday at the same time.
5: How do you get the funding? in a time where all the banks were shutting down. Like, how do you get a contractor who's got space in their diary, who can pull together all the resource in such an incredibly full-on construction market where there's no resource available, and then how do you deliver on time? I would
4: challenge anyone to, (laughs) to, to deny the miracle and all of that.
2: I just saw this huge auditorium full of people, arms raised, worshiping God, people finding God for the very first time. And it's that, um, it's that thought that's just been
0: in my mind. I just have my spirit, the prophetic word that was spoken over the church about from Michael Maiden about he sees people lined up waiting to get in and when they get inside, heaven's going to be waiting for them. It's a building that it's a building to house the presence of God.
3: And the presence of God is just going to touch hearts and say there is a God that can meet us where we're at and do miracles. Uh, And to see how many people have already stepped up and said this is going to be part of our legacy. And I believe that miracle is still in the process. There are many that will join the team. But the faithfulness of so many who have said this is not about a building. This is about creating a vehicle through which God can massively impact a city and nation and further afield. I've always believed it's not about what we achieve, it's about what happens through what we say yes to
1: I love that. It's achieved through what we say yes to. Responding in faith and I have felt so stirred this week that God is actually calling us as a church to a new level of faith. I mean, that uh, video just showed the miraculous that God can do and, and what a journey that is. But I feel like God is calling us to a greater level of faith and personally as well, calling us to a great level of faith. He's saying, hey, come on, let's lift our eyes to Him, what He can do through us. Come on, the supernatural, not what we can achieve naturally, but how He can move through us. And that's the whole journey of Christianity is that we can't do it ourselves, but we rely on a God that is greater, a God that created us, that loves us, that is for us, not against us, that we are not on our own, that He is the one that is working on our behalf. And so I felt stirred tonight to speak around this topic of the faith battle. Because who knows that faith is a battle, that we don't just get what we want because it just drops into our lap because we believe in it, but there's a battle around it. There's a battle that we need to go through to see the miraculous take place, to see God's provision come through, the promise come through in our lives. And there's, it's an awesome battle because He's fighting on our behalf, but it's a battle still the same. And I love what Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for, assurance about what we we do not see it's assurance about what we do not see so what i want to ask us tonight is what are we hoping for come on what are some personal things that you are hoping for what are, you, what are you believing for? What kind of personal breakthrough are you believing for? Can we, we shouldn't settle in our lives. It's so easy just to settle and just to think, well, this is my lot in life and I'm going to live with this from now on. But you have a God that's got more for you. It's a, a God that He says He's come to give life and life in all its fullness. He's not a God just that wants to give you a little portion of the cake and that's your piece. So just enjoy it while it lasts. No, He's got so much more for us. He's got great. And I want to encourage you tonight, if you've never tasted who our God is, the Bible says, taste and see that He is good. He's a good God, that we would actually experience Him, live with Him, personally encounter Him. Come on, that's the kind of God that we serve. And I I also have stirred that God has got so much more for us when it comes to kingdom. Come on, there's something on your life that is for others. You're not meant to live just playing the bless me kind of club, there's something on your life that is for others. To see others live better because you have lived. To see others influenced, to see God's kingdom come here on this earth. Come on, we live in a battle in this, in this uh, spiritual world that we live in, the earth that we live in. There's an enemy that has got evil, bad for us, but there's a God that's got good, and we live in that battle. And when we come surrender to God, He works on our behalf. But come on, we need to fight for others as well. I can't believe that God entrusts us to reveal Himself through us. Come on, that freaks me out sometimes, because sometimes we don't do a good job of it. And it reflects badly on who our God is, but, but He still entrusts us. How incredible is that? We have a God that so desperately wants to encounter others, that wants to reveal who He is. That's why we do Christmas Box. Come on, 4,000 boxes across the city of Melbourne. How amazing is that? Incredible is that? And you know, it's not the stats of 4,000 Christmas boxes. It's the individuals that are impacted because of it. You hear about the grandma that's been living on porridge for months and has nothing for Christmas at all. And you give her a Christmas box, tears running down her face. About another family member that had people coming to visit, had nothing to give them. And we give them a Christmas box. And again, tears flowing down over. She's like, I don't know what I was going to do this year. And last year, we heard the story of somebody knocking on the door of a solo mum who had three kids. Give her a Christmas box. And again, she's weeping and she says, I was just about to go out and steal groceries from my kids because I had nothing for them. And you think, man, imagine if she was caught and the consequences of that for her kids. When it's those kind of stories. That's why we do what we do. And I feel the heart of God aching to do more through us, aching to reach people in a greater way. And he's like, come on, you're my vehicle to do that. You're the vessel that I want to move through. And are we believing like that? Are we believing for others? Have we got faith for others? And sometimes I feel like we don't have that kind of faith because we think, well, who am I? What have I got to offer? Man, all God wants is a, a willing vessel that's saying, hey, God, whatever it is you called me to, I'm saying yes. Whatever it is, like Pastor Paul said, whatever it is, I say yes. I've found that in my life. I was just that, God, whatever it is, it's yes. Because I want to make a difference. Come on, I don't want to end this life and look back and go, oh man, I missed it. Come on, I live trying to make myself happy, but I missed it. God, He's got so much more for us. So what I want to do tonight is I want to look at the faith battle. A few points around the faith battle and what it looks like. And the faith battle... First of all, is where faith and persistence go hand in hand. Luke 18, verse 2 to 8, Jesus is speaking, and he's talking about faith. And he says, There's a certain town where there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. Don't you love a good woman on a mission? Like I will fight till I get what I want. I love that. And Lord said, listen to what that unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for His chosen ones who cry out to Him day and night? Will He keep putting them off? I tell you, He will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will He find that faith on the earth? And I love that Jesus here, He's talking about faith, but He's also talking about persistence. Faith and persistence go hand in hand. Have you ever noticed... That what you're believing for just doesn't instantly come because you start believing. No, there's a journey of persistence. There's a journey of pressing in. There's a journey of continuing to believe despite what you see with your natural eye, despite the setbacks, despite the circumstance. No, I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep pressing in. I'm going to keep trusting you, God. I'm going to keep believing for more. I'm going to keep standing on your words. Have you noticed that it takes perseverance? It takes pressing in. And often it's because God's timing is so different to ours. Come on, we we want it now. We want it and our time is But the Bible says God is outside of our time. He's outside of how we measure things. And so it means that we have to trust, we have to be patient with God's timing. And it means continuing to press in. As I was preparing this, God reminded me of just an example for us. And when we lived in New Zealand six years ago, God spoke to us about, you know, the time coming to buy our own home. And we had a certain amount of money set aside and a certain amount that the bank would loan us because we still wanted to invest into church and, and make sure that we could give to others. And, and so we had this amount set aside and we knew it wasn't enough to get into the Auckland market because the Auckland market was just going ballistic. But we were full of faith because God had spoken to us. And so I still remember the first auction that we went to and we'd visited this house many times and I was like, I love this house. This is our home. This is it. God's spoken. We're going to get it. And the real estate agent was like, yep, you guys are in. Your figure's great. You know, there hasn't been much interest in the house at all. You'll you'll nail it. And we spoke to a a friend that was in the property market, high-end property market. And he said, now here's the trick. You need to go into that auction with your highest bid And as soon as the auctioneer starts, just blow them all out of the water with your highest bid. Just go straight in there. And no one will want to compete with you. So we're like, okay this is our moment. And we're pumping ourselves up. We're like, we got this. And uh, where we go in, we're, I still remember it, Craig and I are so pumped and full of faith, full of expectation. And we're there sitting on the back wall and the auctioneer starts and he's like, all right, have I got my first bid? I'm looking for my first bid. And we go to put up our little baton thing and put in our first bid. and Someone from the opposite side of the room, gets in before us and they put their bid in. It's 50,000 more than our top bids. We're like, ah, oh, the baton comes down. And we were so deflated. I turned to the real estate agent. I'm like, we were in, weren't we? You know, it's So gutted, so frustrated, so full of faith, but to lose again. And and we went on this journey of a whole year, just going to house after house, losing one option to the next option, but still pressing in, still believing, God, where's the miracle? You've said it's going to take place, still pressing in. And I remember one Sunday, we were the campus pastors on our North Shore at the time, and somebody didn't turn up for their rostered position, so I don't need to turn up for positions, and and uh and so Craig jumped on the coffee machine to uh, serve coffee that morning. And and as he was serving coffee, he just started chatting to a gentleman. He's like, you know, I own my own business. And they start talking a little bit more. And Craig says, well, you know, we're looking to buy our own first home. And the guy says, well, I'm developing my business and the site that we're developing it. There's currently a house on it and we need it removed. So if you if you take the house, I'll just give it to you for free. And and so we're like, oh, that's fantastic. And we start looking at sections for sale. And one of the sections we start looking at, we turn up to the site and there's this gentleman there that's showing us the section. He owns it. And we start chatting. He meets our kids. And he's like, oh, Zion and Hope, they're very Christian names. And we're like, yeah, we get to start chatting. We discover we're both Christians and and as we walk down to look at the site, there's a house that we pass, And I just make a side comment and said, oh, I love that house. It was a beautiful colonial style home with a white picket fence. And I, I said, man, it's such a beautiful home. He said, well, we own that as well. And I said, oh, would you be willing to sell it? You know, you've got to get in there when you can. And, and I, he said to me, well, actually, me and my wife were just talking last night about how we wanted to sell it. And so we said to him, well, how much would you be looking to sell it for? And he, he gave us an amount that was way, way under market value. Like, we were like, can you take FBOs? Because we'll take it right now. <laughs> and, uh, and so, uh, and then he said, well, you know, like, I better talk to my wife about it. We're like, dang it, she probably knows what the market's actually doing.
3: And,
1: and uh, but then they came back to us a week later and said, look, we've actually prayed about it. And we feel that God's given us this amount to give you the house for. It was exactly what we could afford. And it was $150,000 below market value. How amazing is that? And it actually, it launched us into what we're able to do now, the home that we were able to buy in Australia. How good is God? But it took a pressing in. It took a whole year of believing, believing for the miracle, continuing to press in, continuing to look for those doors to be open. God, is this it? Is this it? Is this it? No, it's not. Is this it? Come on, what's God asking you to persevere in when it comes to faith? What's He asking you to be persistent with? Come on, is it believing for loved ones that don't know the love of our God? You know, you may be even here tonight and you've been asked by somebody to come to baptism, it's, it's not just because they want you to see how amazing church is and how awesome the family is that they're connected to here, but they've discovered a God that loves them. And their hope is that you would open up your life to a God that loves you as well. Come on, is it perseverance and continuing to believe for a child? Perseverance in stepping into your God call, not being distracted by other focuses. Perseverance in building His house, even though people disappoint. Come on, people are always going to disappoint you, but there is power in being planted. There is power in being connected to His house. Come on, I've seen it with my parents. They've been connected to the same church for, I think, 40 years now. It's no accident that all five of us kids love God, serving Him. Come on, there's power and persistence. Persistence on honoring your boss and seeing God release you more in your workplace. Persistence in embracing his words so that you can get victory in personal battles you're going through. Persistence in building today what matters for tomorrow. Come on, where are you needing to lift persistence? You know, I had this feeling in preparing us that for some of us actually just need to be encouraged that you're doing good. The things that you're believing for, well done. Keep on going. Do not give up. On the amount of people that we've seen just give up on the faith journey just before the miracle was about to be released. Come on, I feel the heart of God saying don't give up. Keep pressing in. Come on, there's a great return in persistence. Persistence. Come on in the other areas that we're believing for, where do we need to lift the, the area of persistence to see the miracle take place? Not one day our faith be high and the next day it's low, but being consistent. The, sec- the, the second thing is in uh, the the faith battle is where faith and duty go hand in hand. Where faith and duty go hand in hand. See, faith is not just believing but it's doing the works to match the belief. It's not just throwing statements out there without being prepared to do the work. I love... Everything that God has asked us to step into when it comes to faith, when it comes to the miraculous, when it comes to more, has always taken hard work. And we've never been ones to shy away from hard work. I love hard work. I love seeing something accomplished. I love that when we moved here to Melbourne, we landed on a Sunday night. We went to the church in Moonee Ponds that was in a cathedral at the time. We finished that service and then moved into this service the week. And a whole bunch of us were just here night and day getting this venue set up just hours and hours of work that it takes to get into this place that we're, that we're here tonight, loving the fruit of it, but it takes work. Come on, what God is asking us to do, it takes work. But the danger in that is that because of our works, it can turn into entitlement. It can turn into the sense of, well, God, look at what I've done for you. So you better give to me. Come on, God, look, look at all I've done. Come on, look at all I've done for your kingdom. So what am I getting in return? And instead of it being this sweet spirit of God, I just want to serve you. I want to partner with you. It turns into a sense of entitlement, which is a dangerous place to be. And, and so instead of doing works to earn, I do, I, we need to do works as a partnership with God to release the miracle. Both look the same, but there's a very different attitude behind each. One tries to earn the outcome. The other trusts God for the outcome. And I love this passage in Luke 17, verse 5 to 10, where God is, uh, Jesus is speaking again about faith, and his apostles say to him, uh, increase our faith, Lord. And he replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say this mulberry tree be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Then he goes on to say, suppose one of you has a servant plowing or walking after the sheep. Will he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, come along now, sit down to eat? No, he won't. He'd rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready, wait on me while I eat and drink. After that, you may eat and drink. Will he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? So you also, when you've done everything you were told to do, should say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. The message version says, when you've done everything expected of you, be matter of fact and say, the work is done. What we were told to do, we did. I love that. That, that sense of, you know what, it's not about me. It's not about what I get from this. There's a sense of, I'm just listening to my God. I'm just, I'm just doing what He has asked me to do. And it's uncomplicated. We get so complicated by self. So complicated with I. I wasn't recognized then. I wasn't acknowledged then. Come on, I didn't get enough out of that. And it complicates us. And we end up losing joy. We end up losing peace because it's all about I. Come on, we're going to lose the eye out of our world and make sure we're just there to do God's will. because when we live like that, it's so freeing. It's so uncomplicated. Come on, we've got to make sure we be, we're a church that's uncomplicated. That as individuals, we're uncomplicated because, man, it takes the pressure out of things and we find so much joy in it. The third thing about the faith battle is that faith and hearing go hand in hand. Faith and hearing go hand in hand. Romans 10 verse 17 says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Our faith is determined by what we hear. So the big question is, what have we been listening to? What have we been listening to? Because if we feel our faith is affected, it comes back to what we've been listening to. Come on, where is your ear tuned? What have you been leaning into? uh, A few weeks ago, Craig and I were coming home with the kids late one night. We'd just been to see somebody. And I was in Craig's car that was uh, still connected to his phone through Bluetooth. And he was in my car with his phone. And we were right next to each other on the motorway. And so it meant that what was playing on his phone was actually coming through my car. And so... As I was listening, just uh, not realising that it was his phone, our wedding song just randomly comes up. Never knew I could feel like this. Like I've never seen the sky before. Moulin Rouge, that's what I walked down the aisle to. Come on, mate. There you go. Got to go right into it. uh, And I was like, where did that come from? And Craig's next to me like, yeah, baby. And the the next thing, the song changes to, it's getting hot in here, so take off all your clothes. I'm like, that is so my husband. (laughs) Sorry, Zion. but 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 as I was listening to that, as we were connected, as we were close together, I could listen to what he chose, but the moment I got away from him, the moment our cars parted, the connection was lost, and I also lost what we were, I was listening to. And it made me think, you know, what we listen to, what we tune into, it's about our connection. It's about who we have proximity to. Come on, who have we got proximity to that's speaking into our lives? Because that determines what we listen to. Come on, are we listening to our friends too much? Our friends telling us, man, why do you give God this God thing so much? Come on, it really is it is it really worth that kind of investment? Is this God thing really worth giving your life for like you're doing? Come on, who are we listening to? Because who we listen to, it affects our faith. Now every time I Feel my faith being affected, maybe a little down in my faith. I need to get into His presence, into my God's presence, get into His Word. And as I do that, I feel my faith lifting again. When I feel my faith rising again, I feel like I'm going to a new level with Him because my faith increases because I'm listening to the true shepherd. I'm listening to the voice of truth. And I want to encourage us tonight and challenge us at the same time with what are we listening to? Who are we tuning into? Who do we have proximity with? Because we've got to make sure that above all else, we're connected to our God because He is the voice of truth.
0: We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.